You wonder what happened in sports today. Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast way. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. And welcome back to another episode of the BSP Podcast. This is Brendan Petrilli. I want to shout out my boy Chris, a.k.a. White Rice, for the fire, absolute fire new intro song. You know, I reached out to my boy Chris, White White Rice, a.k.a. White Rice. Go check him out on SoundCloud. I reached out to him a couple of, during the quarantine. I saw he's been making a lot of great music. I was just like, hey, you think you can make me a quick 30-second you know, uh, intro for my podcast. I want something a little more upbeat, you know, get people pumped up, getting in right into the podcast, and he delivered for me. So I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on that, and I'm really happy with how it goes. But now, for this episode, I have my predecessor here, an Uncle Lefty, Mike McGimsey. We have him in the house tonight over Zoom. Uh, my old, uh, t- um, my buddy on the WQSU Airwaves, uh, the guy that helped me out a lot to where now I am going to be stepping in official announcement here on the BSP podcast, where I am going to be taking over Uncle Lefty's spot as the sports media, uh, the sports director for WQSU. And here he is, Uncle Lefty, his own podcast, The Lefty Line. And we're going to hear talking about a lot of WQSU. We're going to talk about um, the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan, maybe even get into some when we think sports is coming back. How's it going, Uncle Lefty? What's going on? Petrelli, my boy. What's up, my what's up, my man? I like I I miss you. I miss you. I miss you over the Zoom. Yeah, I know. I miss hanging out, sitting in the booth, chilling. You know, it's a Friday night as we're recording this right now. I'm not sure when I'm gonna release it, but you know, right now it's a Friday night for the boys. We're gonna crack open, you know, a cold beverage. Absolutely. Yeah, you're rocking the Yankees, man. I that that's that's some of my taste right there. I I'm I, I ball with the with the Miller Light. Yeah. You know, keep keep my keep my keep my figure. But you know, it's, hey, the- man, it's great. It's, it's it's great seeing you. Like I, I miss people. I know. Yeah, I know. I I miss it too, man. Like hanging out at WQSU, in the booth, just having everybody have guys in the fishbowl. You know, sitting next to you, like learning a lot from you. The past year has been absolutely awesome. And that's kind of what I want to get into the first thing as we're talking about here on the BSP podcast is a little bit about Uncle Lefty and the stuff that, you know, you've taken away as you are just graduated now. You're a graduate of Susquehanna University. How does that feel? That, it, all right. Isn't that the scariest thing you could ever say is like you just graduated college. Now go now go figure it out. Yep. Um. Hey, I mean, it's, it was a great experience. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot through the whole experience. Like when I stepped in as a sophomore, because I stepped in, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was a comm major. I knew what I liked. I knew I liked TV. I knew I liked radio. I liked sports. But I didn't know exactly how I like, wanted to do all that. And, and radio got me. Radio really you know, tickled my fancy. I mean, that's what really got me into it. It was... You know, just having that connection with listeners, you know, being able to share your thoughts without a teleprompter, especially 
Um, and it really just caught, it really just caught my eye. It really just grabbed my attention. I guess you can say. Yep. No, I totally feel that because, you know, I guess we're both kind of in the same similar boat there where we kind of came into it a little bit later than what you would have thought coming in. You know, you said as a sophomore, I came in this past year as a junior. And I think that's kind of where our love of sports and our passions really took over. And kind of how I saw we've really become I, – I like to think we've become pretty good friends over the past year. Oh, definitely. We, 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 got, we got chemistry. We're, oh, like, yeah. we're like Pippin and Jordan. But you're Jordan. I'm Pippin. Hell, yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I want to get into actually, that. I, actually, I'm more Rodman. Yeah. Really wanna I, I got it, some but... hot takes about that coming up in a little bit later in the podcast here. But a couple other things is I want to get to where that first moment when you were on the mic where you kind of like, I got this, you know, like, I think I can be pretty good at this. You know, now you got your own podcast, the lefty line, you know, you've been doing radio for the past couple of years. What was that first moment? You're like, I really enjoyed doing this. I think I can be good. Um, it was a weird moment, actually. It was like, Sophomore year, I dipped my foot into it. I started doing a later show. I was doing basically, I was doing an eight o'clock show on a Thursday, which wasn't even the sports show at that time. And I was doing a Tuesday show around like, around like, I want to say five o'clock. Like, like the number, the numbers fucked me up. But um, it was actually, I'm doing the show. I'm doing it with my co-host. And I just started doing, um, the football Friday where I would talk about all the high school football teams, who they're playing, you know, pick, uh, pick teams and everything. And like, I, and like, I kind of did a little bit of work at it and I like was like looking into it. Cause I'm a Jersey guy. I had no, I had no experience with what, like, especially where our school yeah, was that high PA. school football yep. team. Yep. Um, so I did it first time, you know, just throwing a, just throwing the dart, and I sit there and I hear the door fly open and, and our boss walks in and she goes, that is fucking great. And she goes, understand that's live. That's local. That's what pe- people want to hear. You think the soccer mom who is driving kids from football practice is going to be like, Oh my God, WQSU is talking about, our high school football team. Don't you think that's great? Because I think that's great. And you're going to keep, and you're going to do, do that every week now. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting there nodding my head like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm totally going to do it. Um, it really, it really just, it really grabbed me. It, like, that's what really it's all about. It's, it's kind of finding your niche in it. And there's, and there's space for everybody, which I kind of learned throughout this. Yeah. Um, and it really, like you know i didn't find radio radio found me it's basically the the only way i can say it. I, I totally agree with that like i kind of have the same like same similar type of deal and i want to get into our boss because i think she is absolutely awesome and that is dawn benford the head of wqsu and how exactly what you just said your first experience with her is how she is a hundred percent of the time when you talk with her, she's always about trying to get behind you as a person. And like, she's always there to like, when she sees something that's working and that's good, she will let you know. And she like is always there for you to like, Hey, let's try to maybe do this or, Hey, that was awesome. Let's keep doing that. 
I want to get a little bit of not just Dawn, but everybody else in the WQSU community. That's kind of like Stark's been awesome. Kashuba, you know, even some of the other people, maybe now that you were my head of the sports department, who was like the head for you uh, coming up through, through the departments here uh, through your years. Well, getting into like who we, like who you just talked about, um, all those people you said helped me immensely through all this experience. Um, and me being a critic of myself, I know I'm not even done. I'm not a finished product. Uh, um, it really was, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I didn't even start in the sports department. And when you started doing, you started doing a music radio. You started doing music radio. It was basically rock and country. And I'm like, that's smart. Do that. I'm like, because that's a niche. People, people who listen to rock and country kind of fall in the same line a lot of time. Um, it really, there was a lot of people. Like, and like I had people who just were older than me who would just walk in and be like, oh, my God, that was great. And I, I sometimes I didn't even know who, who they were. They were just ra- they were just randos popping into the studio like that was great. Oh my god! Like like what's your name? And I'm like I'm like oh hi uh, I'm I'm Mike. And they're like no 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 what what's your radio name? I'm like yeah it's it's Uncle Lefty. Um, and then going into like the school community when I started doing it, and you probably felt the same thing too. You know playing rugby and you, you have your team knowing that you do this now. It brings on a whole nother, you know, feeling about it. Yeah. Um, especially like when they know like, oh, you're going to be on the radio. Because then when you're on the radio and one of them walks by the fishbowl and walks by our station, because we got big windows in the station, they go and knock on the side of the window. And they're like, yeah, oh my God, what's up? And they're like, and they get, and they go nuts because they know like, this is what you do and they're supporting you about it. And like, that's what means the most to me is the support. In the end of the day, if you have people that listen to you and support you, it makes it all worth it. I don't care if it's 20 people that listen and support you or a 1,000 people that listen and support you. As long as you get some sort of support, you're going to do well. And that's what I think is the most important thing in the end of the day. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And, like, when we have those meetings for WQSU every Monday and Dawn tells us, like, the numbers that, like, around, like, a 1,000 people listen to us at a time. Like I was yeah, we like, good. I was like, oh my, like that's ridiculous right there. Like, are you like, holy fucking shit? I have a thousand people listening to me. Like, yeah, if that, we do pretty good. Yeah, like, and I just thought that was absolutely insane just to be able to have my voice be heard by such a big platform like that. Even you know, in the middle of PA where we're at, you know, it's just absolutely insane and crazy to think that you know my stupid hot takes are getting heard by you know Joe Smith driving out of Walmart, going up the, you know, the turn. Going up, going up the strip. Yeah, off the strip, you know. But, you know, talking about, you know, as you are a big football fanatic and a all, all star in my heart, offensive lineman slash tight end for Susquehanna University, I want to get into a little bit of that, how your passion for football and for sports has driven you through and helped you like grow into sports talk radio and other things in sports now, you know? Well, the one thing I take away from sports, especially football, is that it's life lessons. Everything in sports is just 
straight up life lessons. And, and when you play football, there is expectations. You show up to meetings on time, you show up to practice on time. You do certain things a certain way. You tie your shoes a certain way. Um, and when I walked into running the department, when you were there, I'm like, I kind of had to take that mindset and use it a little bit. And sometimes it worked out for me. Sometimes it totally did it. Um, but for the most part, it did work out um, that, listen, we're going to do it this way because we have a mission. We have a goal. And this is, and this is what we're trying to achieve. Um, you know, I, ha I, and I have to say that, you know, football has given me something, has given me something that I can't buy. I can't, you know, go to a school to, you know, learn about football is a whole different experience, especially even just college sports. Not even let's, let's take football out of the equation, just playing a sport in college. And, and you know, this too, from playing rugby, being on a team, and having that experience that it gives you such an experience that you can't supplement in another way. No, definitely. It gives you that brotherhood, you know, that sense of camaraderie that, you know, when we're sitting in the booth, those guys that are walk by, they always give you, they're pounding on the glass. Like they know like that you're in your zone right now. You like off the field, we are all out there grinding, but we all know off the field, we all have our own things that yeah. like drive us to like help us be successful that we want to strive to be. And everybody's got each other's back. And I think that's the yeah, best. Part and think about, about on the other end of it. Like, so, like some guys who are, think about like science majors. Some guys got to turn around from like rugby practice and go and do a lab yeah. and go do good at that lab. Well, cause yeah. that's what they do. That's their job. That, that was me for two years. You know, I don't yeah. know how you did it. Yeah, I was I, yeah I was a bio major for two years and it was just absolutely brutal. And I I've like from the day one since I changed the com and I went to the first like uh, practicum for WQSU, I just kind of knew like because I always what I thought coming into colleges I wanted to be a chiropractor first. I wanted to be involved in sports and I wanted to work to, up people's backs, man. Backs and help. <laughs> well, because during my life, like I'd go to a chiropractor playing sports and they'd help me out tremendously. So I'm like, if I can't play sports, I want to help people that are playing sports, you know? So that was number one. And then number two, I always loved listening to sports talk radio. Like in Philadelphia, you know, you have your two stations, uh, WIP and the fanatic. They're always huge. I'd listen to them all the time. I still do. When I work, I have the apps on, and I'll be listening while I'm working at Giant. Today, I was doing it, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, once I, once the one thing didn't work out, I was just like, you know what? Let's try this. And I've been trying to run with it. And it's been so much fun. You know, thanks to you and Dawn. You guys have helped me out so much, you know? And it's been it's been absolutely awesome. You know, from being a New York sports guy, being an FN guy, you know, I do know the fanatic. And I have to say, like, not a huge fan. And, but um, I totally get what you're what, where you're coming from. Like, and even though even though like growing up, like this guy's in jail now. Like when I was growing up, I wanted to be Craig Carton. Like a morning show, talking about sports, talking about the New York Mets. Like that was what I wanted to do. Um, now, did I know that's like the avenue I wanted to go into? Absolutely not. I mean, I had, I had no idea. I thought about TV. I thought about a bunch of different things, but like 
you, you have such a, like, sports radio has such an in-depth connection with people. Because when you hear them talking about your team, and they say that one thing, and it's like a snap. And it's like, oh, my God, you're so right. I hate Donovan McNabb. Like, get him out of Philly. Yeah. Let, let's put Vic in. And that's, and that's what it's all yeah, no, no, definitely for sure. Like, you just hear that one thing, and it makes you want to, like, call in and react, you know? Like, there's always that little something that makes you react to it. Even though you're just smojo listening to it, you know, you can change the channel, but it just makes you want to keep listening and listening and listening, you know? And I, and I was one of those kids that tried to call in. Yeah. And then they're like, and then they're like, how old are you? Yeah. And I'm like, oh. 17 and they're like not old enough click yeah see i want to call in i'm just too much of a pussy too honestly because like i've been doing this for about a year now you know i feel comfortable in like being able to sit here on the podcast and just talk about whatever get my but like i feel like it's a totally different vibe you know being the person on the phone because they can just go click you're 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 a dumbass and just hang up on you and you just feel like an idiot oh yeah i was that guy i was that guy they clicked I was that guy. They're like, yo, they're like, get out of here. We're not yeah. talking about the Mets. This yeah. is Francesa's show. You know, we talk about the Yankees. Yankees Goodbye. Yeah. Yep. No, it, definitely for sure. Like, so I, I, because I listened to it, I'm like, I want to call in so bad. And I just, I got a ball up, balls up and just, I just got to send it one of these days just to break the ice. I feel like, you know, because that's kind of how I felt doing WQSU. My, my first show is with you and we had an awesome time. And then my next show was totally by myself. You yeah. couldn't make it. Greg couldn't make it. A couple other people couldn't make it. I was just sitting there. I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it by myself. And I sat there and talked for an hour. And that's kind of where I, yeah, like, and then the next day I thought whatever about it. Like, I was just like, I just went on by myself. But then I get like Dawn, like text me. And she's like, Hey, you were on the show by yourself. Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah like, 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 are, like, like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. She, they're like, is everything all right? I was like, yeah. Like, well, it was absolutely awesome. Like how you did that. Like you had like huge, like cojones just doing that. I'm like, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Yeah. You know? And she's like, and I think sometimes you gotta be thrown into the fire like that. No, definitely. You know, and, and even if it doesn't work out, at least you did it and you tried it. Um, it's it's tough it's tough being a being a one man being a one man bear. Oh, yeah. Um I mean like I've done it now you know what it's like to do it. Um it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's possible. It's totally doable. Um and what I can say about that is when you do it more, it gets easier like everything else. I mean it, there's nothing really to like think about it besides that it's just practice and it's and it's that old it's that it's that dumb saying like practice makes perfect oh yeah that actually makes sense it does yeah yeah it's funny how like the little things in all things in life just can translate to everything you know but coming from that i want to just change it up a little bit here and i want a little story time you know i've known you for about about a year now and i don't know where the name uncle lefty came from I haven't heard the story. You don't know? I don't know. Okay. It's it's a it's a little bit of it's a little bit of a heartfelt story. Um I'm Uncle Lefty. The name Uncle Lefty, like and actually this is probably the first this is probably the first medium I've talked about it on. Um I ha- I have to t- I have Ooh, to say the email right Cody. here. 
breaking, yeah, breaking news. I, I got to send an email to Coach Frank after this from Susquehanna because he was asking me the same thing. And he's like, you got to tell me like where, where this name came from. And it's, it's, in, it's in deep into like the lore of Shemokin, Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, my grandparents, my grandfather is, is from Shemokin, PA. He was a left-handed pitcher. Um, and so like when he was pitching, like, like he was pitching, like, you know, like throw, like playing these leagues and everything. Eventually you're going to like this. The Phillies started looking at him. They're like, listen, we want to bring you on. Like we want this to happen. You, you're a left-handed pitcher. You can throw. That's like, it's something we need. So he's like, great, cool. Oh my God. Yes. War happens. Doesn't go to the Phillies. Goes and pitches um, in the Navy. So he's on a. So my my grandpa my grandpa was on a was on a on a ship around the Caribbean islands. You know, pitching against Cuban dudes with a bunch of guys from the Senators who was on who was on a ship who are now the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he got he got this nickname Lefty. They're like, oh, what's up, Lefty? And then when. I was growing up, I heard all my uncles and everybody call him Uncle Lefty, which kind of became like like a weird like kind of nickname that kind of stuck to him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started radio that sophomore year, I played, I was playing a football game, literally the semester before I started radio. And my grandfather passed away when I was playing that football game. And you know, sad, you know, yeah. the guy drove me to school every day. Pour a little one out for him. Yeah, yeah, pour, pour one out for, for the real oh. Uncle Lefty. Yeah, good old So one. when I started the radio at, the, at WQSU, we had to have radio names because Lewisburg Prison is huge fans. Yeah. They love yeah. us. They I had no idea about us. that. Yeah. Oh, that we have letters. They're great. They're all great. But when I started, we – you didn't have radio names just so they're like okay so the prisoners don't know what what your fucking name is um and i was like okay i'm like to be honest there's only one name i really wanted i really would have and i'm like it's it's uncle lefty and in high school people were like oh like you're like you're you're like our uncle mike you're like our drunk uncle mike like and i'm like okay cool ever and somebody's got to be the one to take care of kind of yeah someone's got to be the one to you know who could pour beer and, you know, and hold, and, and hold the girl's hair while she's throwing up, yep, you know, exactly. you get, you got to multitask, exactly. but it kind of, it, it's, it stuck so much. And then people were like, Oh my God, like, what is this name? And it, and it made people, it almost drew people in, which I loved, but, and that's where the nickname came from. I'm not the real uncle lefty, you know, Walter, Walter J. Lefty Rosicki is the real Uncle Lefty. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. But but hey, if you would have called me Uncle Lefty, I'll, I'll be your Uncle Lefty. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is totally awesome. Like I kind of wish I had something like that too, like like a little little something like that because that that goes with you everywhere you go now. You know, you always have that remembrance of your grandpa now. You know, like taking yeah. that. And it's something that you can go throughout your whole career knowing, like, I'm trying to make him proud and make myself proud. And, you know, as I go through my career, which is absolutely awesome. Because when I was kicking around ideas for, like, 
the name of my podcast. Like, you know, I came up with BSP, my initials, you know, like I'm trying to keep the, the middle name as a mystery, you know, for the fans, you know, you got to guess Like, go ahead, comment yeah, down below. S? Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, you got to keep it, got to keep the people on their toes, but you know, stuff like that. Like people, I thought about Trilly from Philly because everybody calls me like Trilly at school. Uh, and but that's when, what Dawn's going to call you for now on. She's like, uh, oh, what do you, Trelly? Trelly? Yeah. I'm like, just call him Trelly or yeah, Trelly, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Everybody just calls me by my last name ever since high school. So, but it, it's fun to have that kind of thing behind it, you know, as you move forward, because that's how a lot of like the business is drawn. You look at all the different radio stations or TV stations, every, like the big people, they have their, their little niche, you know, or like their yeah. name, nicknames that they got, you know, and it, it's, it's definitely something that it's fun and you can be able to run with. And that was awesome. Thanks for telling that story. It's, it's oh, def- yeah. Yeah. I, I had to tell to somebody the other day, not the other day, like almost like a, almost like a week ago now, but, and they're like, they're like, you have to tell us where you came up with this name. And then I told the story and then they're like, and then they're crying and I'm like, stop, just yeah. stop. Yeah. I'm like, stop with your emotions, put it on hold, put it on ice. I'm like, that's, that's enough with that. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's how I, that's how I got it. I yeah. mean, and, and, that, and that's where my love of baseball came in too. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'm like, he, he loved the Phillies. My whole other, my whole other side of the family loved the Mets. And I'm like, I'm rolling with the Mets. And it Bad turned choice. out worse for me. <laughs> Bad choice. I, I just love losers. <laughs> that's how it came up i, just I mean the giants the giants have had some good years oh i'll, yeah, I'll no, give them I, as much as i hate I love, the giants they've had some good years listen i love the new york giants they're my favorite sports organization but i said it the other day there's only two teams that can make me cry now i'm like the new york mets if they win a world series and the new york knicks if they win an nba finals i'm like those are the only two teams i have tears left for is those are those two but I'm happy I have those two. Oh yeah. Oh, when like the you e- had the birds. Yeah, when the Eagles won, dude. My, that when Brandon Graham strip sacked Tom Brady late in the fourth quarter. Love I'm that. on the phone with my dad, and I was in. I was at Temple with friends watching the game. My dad was at in Maniunk at my cousin's place watching, and I'm like, Dad, the Eagles are gonna fucking win the Super Bowl, and he's just like, they are. They really are. And we're both crying over the phone. You know, like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what's got to be, man. Like, you picture <laughs> like, me, like, I'm a big dude. My dad is 6'2", 300, I don't know, 20 pounds. Whatever. He's a, a gigantic hoss. human being. Imagine seeing him cry to something like that. You know, like, it's just. To Nick Foles. Yeah. To Nick Foles. Yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, like, they, my, my dad cried a little bit when the Giants won in 2007. He didn't cry when they won in 2011 because, to be honest, we all knew they were going to win. Um, I, my dad cried more when Lawrence Tynes kicked the field goal against the Packers to send us to the Super Bowl. He's like, oh, my God, they did it. Like, nobody thought they could do it, and they're, go- and they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm, and they're like, nine, he's like, 9-7, I don't care. And he goes, and you know what? They're probably going to go win the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. And this was the Brady team with Moss where they're undefeated. And, hey, any team can lose any day. And that is the best example of that. And 
The Giants hold a special place in my heart. The New York Mets do. And the Knicks are killing me on the inside. But I, but I still love them. Okay. Let's bring it a little bit back to WQSU here real quick. As, I, as I'm getting set to move into your spot next year, I want a little bit of advice here of where you think we should move going forward. I think, you know, you have your podcast, The Lefty Line. I got this, BSP. I think it could be a, a pretty good contributor to WQSU moving forward for the sports, even, you know, the other departments too, you know, and some other stuff. We I know we talked about we didn't get the opportunity to do those baseball games that we thought. And which I'm still mad about. Yeah. I, I was so excited for baseball. I know. No, I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally. And let, we're going to talk about that in a little bit of when we think baseball will come back. But I just, some stuff that you had cooking in that big old brain of yours that I can pick and try to carry with me coming into this next year. Picking my, picking the old, big old lefty brain. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, thinking about it, like I, I can tell you what I, I can tell you what I, what I did wrong from the jump. Um, what you're gonna do is delegate. Is totally delegate. Um, you got good people around you, especially. Um, like and with the live shows, Heapsy man, Heapsy is built for those live shows. I know, I know. Me and him, um, we had, we would have so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, you and Heapsy on the live show, and then bring in other people. And, and it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal with who's on, who's not. Um, but, like, you, like delegating is going to be your best friend with this. Because that's something I didn't even learn until second semester. And, and go, okay, listen, I could trust you guys to go take care of this Tuesday show or Wednesday show or whatever. And then I got this day on Thursday, right before we go to Barre and whatever, which is the greatest show ever, like right before we go to Barre because we're all hyped up, mm-hmm. you know, for 50-cent beers yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but it, what I can tell you is is to delegate for, for certain because whether you like it or not, like I'm not Superman. You're only one man, and everybody has a role in, in this. And where I could see this going, um, the live shows are going to become huge for us. Um, and you saw with the with the PA Pigskin preview. Yeah, depending on which huge. team which team it is, like they'll bring people. People will show up. You yeah. know, even kids from the co- from our college or whatever. You know, people like people like these kind of things, these live talk shows. And it really because it's very intimate. I guess that's the right word for it. It's very intimate. And they and they feel like, oh my God, like we're we're a part of this. We're watching this, like we were there, like when they talk to the Sealand Scrove coach or the Shimokin coach or whoever, you know. And, and that's where it's that's where it's gonna go. Um and then and then it's just like and then covering our covering Susquehanna sports and like covering football or covering basketball. Um, because we have good sports teams now. Yeah. Uh, we didn't always, you know, we've had up, ups and downs like every sports, like every sports program, but it's right now it's going in such a positive direction that we can't, that you guys can't steer away from it. I'm super excited for when you, for, especially when you take over, cause you were like my Jedi Padawan. You were like, 
like like we were meditating in like and like the circle like talking about sports and talking about you know Philly sports and like the Sixers or whoever um and no, I'm of, super like, excited yeah it's a lot yeah, of like yeah. this we're just sitting here messing around and the stuff just flows you know the content just keeps going and it's fun you know and I think that's what people love about it is they can see how much fun we're having with each other you know as we're talking about the stuff that we're really passionate about and like the a couple of the things that I definitely agree with you on that delegating because when I Dawn told asked me when I wanted because I know you and I talked about it and Dawn's like so you want to do it I was like yes of course I am I am ecstatic to do this and she's like well Michael um Matt Bennett and Brandon Perrin they both they wanted to help out I'm like of course yeah like yeah they all they they all have a role yeah like they all have a role you don't have this yourself yeah like, I mean, these guys, everybody's awesome. Like, I'm hanging out with everybody, talking. Like, yeah, if anybody, I because I know, like, I'm going to get busy at times. I'm going to need people to help me out, you know? And these guys are definitely able to be there for me. And Heapsy, Heapsy's my boy. Shout out. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout, shout out Heapsy, yo. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it def- it's definitely interesting because when I, definitely when I came in as a freshman, you're a year older than me. And I was like, the football team sucks. Like, that's like my seniors for the rugby team. They're like, screw the football team. Like, they've always sucked. And like, screw all the other teams, like soccer, basketball, everybody would stink. But the past three years that we've, that I've been there and before you've been there, it's everybody has started to get better. You know, like basketball won the conference. You guys have been in bowl games the past three years. It is now, you know, something like that. Yeah, three years. Yeah, and you guys um, got, and you I would, got and I of the wish playoffs. it wasn't like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I and I won't even divulge into <laughs> how like the selection committee, like yeah. you know, wants to put like SUNY Maritime, who doesn't, who plays like nobody their whole schedule. But I, but I digress. Yeah. You know, and it, the the one thing I I wish about our about our school was that we had. Um, sports teams on the same basis with each other, you know, that everybody wished for the other team's success. And, and unfortunately there was, it wasn't like that. Um, eventually by the end of like my senior year, I think this it, year, it, yeah. it became that. Yeah, yeah. It started becoming that. Yeah. Um, now it, it's, it's moving in such a positive direction that I like right now I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping and praying that they say, okay, let's let's play sports. Let's get back to normal, like like normal, normal, yeah. and that we can get back to doing what we do. I, I definitely 100% agree with you, especially being a rugby player, you know, at Susky. I haven't lost a regular season game the three years I've been at Susquehanna playing rugby there. Like, I've only lost in the playoffs. And, like, I've seen, you know, yourself and other guys around school uh, be able to be like, you know, you guys kick ass, like, because before it used to be you guys aren't a division, you know, you guys aren't an actual D3 sport, you know, you're just a club sport, but, like, now people have started to see, like, we put the same work in as everybody else, and we kick ass at doing what we do, you know, and, like, I'm yeah, totally no, willing no, to go to every everybody else's game and be like, fuck yeah, you guys kick ass too, you know? Yeah, no, but that's what, that's what it's about. Yeah. Like, um... You don't. You don't need the NCAA to sign off and say like, "Oh, it's okay for like there to be like a rugby league," which would be kind of cool if they actually like agreed to that. It's like, it's hey, let's cool. have like let yeah, 
it's getting there. Like I was reading something like, oh, they're like thinking about it, but they have to have another meeting or something. Like another bullshit, you know, meeting of the minds with NCAA. Um, and the one thing I'm happy about is that it is moving in the right direction. Um, D3 sports is, is bigger now than it ever was, actually. Like you look at the team that beat Muhlenberg, and they had three, they, they had, I think it was like two or three guys that got invited to NFL camps. Well, why is that? Because there's good players in Division Three sports or Division Three football, if you want to get specific. Well, do you think our boy Sheldon, um, crap, what's his last name? That's his last name, right? The no, that's his last name. Daniel Sheldon. Yeah, Daniel Sheldon. Uh, yeah, the DB. Yeah. Do you think he'll get invited to a camp? You had, um, I knew that you had some teams coming to Susky to check him out. Yeah, he had the Eagles. He had the Jaguars come look at him at at school at practice. Yeah, and and then when they, and then when they showed up, you watched the whole practice just change. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, and everyone's like, oh my god, like the Jaguars are here. I'm like, okay. I'm like, they have Garner Minshew as their quarterback. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, or um, Nick Foles, but not anymore. Yeah, or or Nick Foles, but yeah. not anymore. Um, it, and I hate to, and I hate to blame the whole situation for it, but the whole situation of the coronavirus totally fucked yeah, him over. Big time. Um, it's because he couldn't go do these workouts on site yeah. with the Jaguars, with the Eagles, with the Washington Redskins. Um, and it, it hampered him. Now, I think there's other avenues to the NFL, and that's why I'm mad the XFL is kind of out of play right now. But I think, like, it's going to take time now. It's, listen, it's not going to be – it's not going to be like, okay, you're invited. He's got to go play somewhere. Either it's Europe or it's Canada or it's some other football league from wherever. I mean, that's got to be his avenue right now. And I, I wish nothing but the best for, for my boy. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. No, it, it definitely throws a big wrench in absolutely everybody's plan. But the one thing that's kind of helped everybody the past couple weeks, and that is The Last Dance. Yes. And the Michael Jordan documentary and the, and the Bulls of the 90s, late 80s, and through the 90s. The, uh, the Chicago Bulls documentary about how in 19 what was it 90 1998 they was 98 yeah yeah 97-98 season where pretty much the upper upper echelon of the bulls organization told the bulls that hey phil jackson this is your last year you know scotty pippen michael jordan dennis rodman this is this is pretty much it because mj didn't want to play for another head coach um scotty always had problems with his contract and uh, that year was pretty much it. And I think they went back and forth through that documentary very interest, uh, interestingly, you know, because they would jump ahead to the 98 season and then they go all the way back and then, you know, they move back and forth through their timeline. To the 94 and, or the 95, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a very great documentary about – how it was a lot about Michael Jordan. Let's not, let's not, you know, put that. It was a pseudo Michael Jordan documentary. documentary. It really was. Um, He's the one with the all final cut and everything, you know, and I want to get your take 
on what you thought of that the past couple weeks during this quarantine, how it helped you. Well, and it what you totally learned. gave me, you know, what I learned, uh, it totally gave me the much needed like sports in my life that I, that was missing. Even if it is from the, from the nineties, um, from it the nineties, you know, from like, the nineties yeah. and back into 2020, <laughs> yeah. Like the ESPN commercial about it, like, oh, you're going to be like wa- watching this in 16 years or 17 years. So, yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, the one thing that it, it literally holds a magnifying glass on that team, and which is a very interesting team. And they're, they don't even, like, they, they gloss over some characters, like Horace Grant, they, gl- they totally gloss over about how when Michael Jordan showed back up from the from the dream team, how him and Scottie Pippen ran one a days when everybody else ran two a days. Yeah. But it also shows how, like, a GM, someone who's not on the court, not a coach, can destroy a dynasty. See, that's where I hate how it happened because they've really made they made Jerry Krause look like the biggest enemy, which he was. He got really power happy, and he wanted all the credit, which I, because he deserved it. Honestly, He's yeah, the one... he did. He he earned the credit. Yeah, I mean, he built that team. He picked. He handpicked all those guys, and I think actually his best person he actually got out of that team was Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman gave toughness. Yeah. He gave one of the most important statistics in basketball that nobody talks about is rebounding, rebounding. is getting possessions. As that Rodman, even though like the Rodman episode just just made yeah. me lose my Phil, mind. Him and Phil, like Phil is the total hippie. Like talking about yeah. his Native American roots and how he just goes to Dennis Rodman and be like, "Hey, I forget what he called him, but like some Native American name." And Dennis Rodman is like, "He gets me. Like that guy gets me." And he's like willing to like. And I, I'm going to go fuck around outside the court. I'm going to go hook up with all these models. I'm going to go. Carmen Electra. Yeah. Yeah. Carmen Electra, Madonna. And I'm going to go do WWE before a playoff game and miss. I practice. love that episode. But like when I come, Hogan's like, yeah, like chilling there, like, what up, Dennis? Dude, they're all <laughs> I sitting, love that episode. They're all sitting on a couch, like smoking, fucking slugging beers. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back the next night and he gets you like 10 points and 30 rebounds and you're like how and like you see Michael Jordan talk about it and they're doing Indian runs and they got to keep up with Dennis Rodman after he's just ranked like a hundred beers like the night before Dennis Rodman was a totally different breed you will not find a rebounder in the NBA like Dennis Rodman again actually um he was he was a special basketball player and he does and like even though he is a little crazy like he has, he's he had a fucked up childhood. Like he had a dad that was putting cigarettes out on him. Yeah. Um, he it, he was a staple to that team. But you look at that team and they and you go, well, they could have won one more. They totally could have won one more. Um, especially because they were like at the end of it, they're like, oh, Steve Kerr would have came back. You know, Pippen would have took some convincing. But like at the end of the day, like. If Michael and a couple of the other guys talked to him, he would have been like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go win." Like I, I like to win. Um, but you watch how 
an organization self-destructed and yeah. destroyed itself. Yeah. And, and it's a little sad, but like you, you can't win forever. It's what actually is the greatest thing you can learn from this. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with that. I just think they put too much on the GM when a lot should have been on Reinhorse, I think is his last name, the yeah, owner I think so. of the team. The owner, who he owned the White Sox too, I believe. Two. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why MJ was playing for them for a year, which is another whole different story we could go into, whether he makes the majors or not and blah, 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 what could have, should have, would have, you know. But I just think a lot of it went on to the GM that what what the heck was the owner doing during all this, you know? Like, why wasn't he stepping in and be like, hey, they got six titles. Let's give them another year. They just won a title. Why are you getting rid of everybody, you know? Like, where was the owner during all this is what I'm thinking. So, like, if Uncle Lefty is right, and, like, I kind of put myself in the position of, like, of actually, like, of Jared Krause. And I'm like, okay, say Uncle Lefty right here is the GM of the Bulls. I would have rode it to the wheels fell off. I would have literally been like, okay. I'm like, I would, I would have been like, we're going to keep playing these guys until we see that their potential and their athletic ability and their playability has just gone way down. Absolutely. Because no other team in the NBA had the horses to run with them. You couldn't tell me like, and I'm a Knicks fan. The Knicks didn't have the horses to run with them. And the Knicks tried their best to play Pistons basketball to get in their head. And that's the way you actually can try to beat that team. But the problem is they played the Pistons before they played the Knicks that tried to do this exact same thing to them. Yeah. I would have I rode the whole thing to the wheels fell off until, like, Scottie Pippen's like, listen, I'm putting – like, I am not putting up the same amount of points that I used to. And it's, it's not – I am not the same. And then, and then you look to rebuild, but, and Michael Jordan going into baseball was a direct, you know, circumstance of what happened to that team. Yeah. Because he didn't want to play for another team besides the Bulls. Yeah. That was before it all happened. And like, I think that was probably the best thing for him, you know, like getting that break because looking at him, everybody wanted to be like Mike. That it was yeah. a trademark. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. And it was just the media, as you see now, you know, the media is just absolutely absurd with the way they cover things. Think about it then, too. You know, he was the guy. He was the guy that internationally, everywhere you went, everybody knew who Michael Jordan was. You know, he was the guy that everybody wanted to be, that everybody needed to hear microphone right in your face, every second of your life he talked about, about when he went to france yeah like he went to france and everybody knew exactly who he was yeah um there was no escaping being michael jordan and, and in a weird way i feel bad for michael jordan yeah. because like he says my favorite time of the day is when i can literally just get sit away from everybody yeah. and sit in the hotel room and wait for the next game yeah yeah i definitely feel for him in that standpoint but i mean the money you know, money drives the world and he's got all of it. But no, I definitely feel for him in that circumstance where he was just absolutely exhausted, like mentally, physically, mentally, he, especially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I want to get to 
who the guy was that took over his Robin to his Batman, where I think kind of got shine in a really bad light, at least in my eye, because I think this guy, uh, I think this guy got turned into a real big, honestly, a pussy throughout this documentary. And that is Scotty Pippen. I agree. I agree to a point because Um, he, everything was about him. And he tried to make it about him. And he kind of said, he's like, and Michael Jordan even said, he's like, yeah, like he thought he was bigger than basketball, but he wasn't because he's a very, very, very damn good basketball player, but he wasn't Michael Jordan. And you saw that when he left and he was hurt when they gave the ball to Coach, you know, and he like that divided the team for a game winning jumper. He didn't get the ball. You know, it was multiple times like that where he sat out the whole first, what, 30 games of the season or whatever it was? Yeah, it was, about, it was like 20-something games. All, basically, yeah, it was basically yeah. 30 games. Um, Scotty Pippen. Um, Michael Jordan would not have won all these championships without Scotty Pippen, and that's just a fact. Because Scotty Pippen brought a whole different – he would not have won six championships. He would not have beaten certain teams. Certain teams he would have beaten. but. Scottie I think Pippen the power forward. Part. I think the power forward was more like the big tough guy, the Rodman, the Horace Grant. Like those big guys were more important to Michael Jordan than a Scottie Pippen. I think Scottie was icing on the cake. Yes, but if you don't have icing on the cake, it's not like you're just eating. You're, it's like you're eating like fucking banana bread. Um, banana you bread's need pretty to, good. Like, you watch the NBA. Hey, I, hey, it's okay, but it's not cake. Um, you watch the NBA today. Look at the teams that win, and they always have that number two. Yeah. You need to have that number two, that number two guy where you're like, okay, like, and take the take take the Warriors for like a second. Um, Clay Thompson is seriously disrespectful. No, I agree in with the that. NBA. I agree with that. And you need to have that second score, or else you're not gonna. You, you will not get this. You will not get the same results. You need to have the Robin to the Batman. You need to have that second guy who is going to possibly put up 20 points a night, given the night or more. It just it helps the continuity of the team, knowing that it's not all on one guy. It's not all on LeBron James, or it's not all on Michael Jordan. Because it brings in like, okay, I can pass the ball. Oh my god, I can pass the ball. Like their eyes get wide. They're like, oh my god, I can pass the ball and move without the ball and get open and get a better shot. Um, he needed he needed Scottie Pippen more than he would even say, and which brings him to the the thought of this was a Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, this thing wouldn't have happened. It shows how the yeah. It, it, would, it wouldn't have happened until when they said LeBron won that title back at Cleveland, and then Jordan was just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, release it, start working on it again. You know, like, it wouldn't have happened until somebody came at Michael Jordan, you know, to, like, threaten his throne for him to be able, and, yeah, let's make it happen. And to be honest, watching this documentary – now, I do not hate LeBron James. I, I kind of like – LeBron, for the most part. For the most part, I like LeBron James. 
But watching this documentary, I sit back and I go, okay, um, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player ever. I'm like, and you cannot tell, like, honestly, I don't even think there's really as much of an argument anymore as that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player ever because of what he did and you you watch step from step from year to year, series to series to series. He does not have the championship like like Michael Jordan would walk into championships and go, "We're gonna we're gonna win, win this championship." Yeah. No, I agree with that. We're gonna win that. this championship, and LeBron does not have that. I, I see. Uh, this is the biggest thing that's come from this is they're bringing up that Jordan LeBron debate again, and you know I I didn't see Michael Jordan play. This is like the first time where yeah, I really sat I. down. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're both 97, 98, probably even, you know, and we, this is his last championship was when we were born or you were one years old, you know, and it was like the point where, you know, I didn't see him play, but I've seen LeBron's greatness. He went to seven straight finals. You know, you saw how deteriorated Jordan was mentally and physically after the third. And he needed to go leave to play baseball because of it. And I just think LeBron, and nowadays with social media and everything else, now, I still think Jordan is the best basketball player ever. But I can see the case that makes it a lot closer than what a lot of people are saying nowadays, where LeBron has had to put up with a heck of a lot more and the pressure on LeBron James to perform. Now, I don't think he's the the same competitor Michael Jordan is, because you see this. Michael Jordan makes up stuff to get him going. A guy says, yeah. good game, Mike, and then he comes out and absolutely embarrasses him the next game, you know? Like, you know, LeBron's not doing that. That's not who he is. But, like, the absolute dominance that happens is Michael Jordan. But I think the wherewithal that LeBron James has done – to go seven straight years to play all those games all the way to the finals, game sevens in the finals. He didn't win them all, but he got there. And with teams that are way worse than having a Scottie Pippen, uh, a, you know, a Horace Grant, a Dennis Rodman, these guys on his team, a Steve Kerr, you know, like I just think it's a lot closer than people try to make it out yeah. to be after this. You did make some good points. Um, now, I will say this. LeBron's supporting cast did not meet Jordan's all the time. Did he have, like, when it, with the Heat, the Heat should have won more championships than oh, they did. Oh, I agree. That's kind of, and that's a disappointment. And I hate the Miami Heat, and I will, and I will say that. They should have won more championships than they, you know, not five, not six, not seven. Yeah. I remember that. And, I, and, that's, and I still don't like the Miami Heat for that. Um, and I hate to use this analogy. Um, the Buffalo Bills went to four Super Bowls. Oh, and they lost all four. Went to four straight. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody considers them losers. Now, I don't consider LeBron James a big loser for anything that, like, oh, he went to a championship and lost. He got his team. A lot of times he willed his team to a championship. Yep. Um, but he's not held in the same – he's not held in the same respect. He never will be. It's the dominance factor that kind of sets it, like, it kind of tips, like, the scale for me. And that that Michael Jordan 
regardless, regardless if that he's shot mentally and that like, he's like, Oh my God, like I am just done with all this. And now I got to go play a really good Utah jazz team or the New York Knicks with Patrick Ewing and John Starks and who are going to try to beat me up the whole game. Um, it's a totally different factor than teams today. And like, that's why like LeBron, like, I mean, it goes he like had, this. I'm like, he had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, like in their primes, like it was a di- that's a dynasty team that he had to yeah. go up against, you know? And then like a Dirk and uh, guys like that for the Mavs, you know, um, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu and Kawhi, like, I don't know. I just think it's closer than people try to make it out to be. No, it, it, it is closer, but still it still leads it still leads Jordan in the yeah, end of the day. I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But coming off of that, I want to get into a little bit as the last couple of minutes here. So a little bit of a breakdown of the recent stuff that's been going on here. Because I know you got some some hot takes about our boy down in Dallas. You know, as you're a giant. Oh, yeah, my boy. Oh, he ain't my boy. As you're a Giants fan and I'm an Eagles fan, we both hate those freaking Dallas Cowgirls. And I want to hear what you have to say about Dak Prescott's situation down there in Dallas, where he supposedly turned down the biggest QB deal uh, this past week here. But uh, coming out about it, uh, the details where it was about the years, he's going to get the most money because, you know, that's just how – QB deals work now. The The next guy that comes yeah. out in free agency is going to get the most. But the thing is he was dealing with was the years. Because in four years, the new, the new CBA or the TV deals are going to come up. But Dallas wanted it to have five years. And Dak wants it to be that force where he hits free agency again when the new money starts rolling in. So I want to hear what you have to say about the good old boy Dak down there in Dallas. Um, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to push this question back on to you. Do you think Dak Prescott earned that, that, that amount that I, – I don't even know how to even describe yeah. this amount of money. It's not even feasible. $35 million a year. Yeah, I don't know why 30, you say no. Why do you say no? $175 million a year. But also, do you think he warranted to earn that contract? I don't think he did. I think Dallas is a bunch of losers down there. I mean, we're both very biased here, but yes, like, I understand I'm biased. But i i i watch I watch too much football. Like I'm at that point now yeah. where where I watch too much football. I, the and thing is, like I, I, I'm sitting on the couch, like watching old games now. Yeah. I think he's the kind of guy that needs everything to be perfect around him to be successful. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's the elite Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady type guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see him putting the team on his back to win me a Super Bowl. You know, like, I think he needs those Zeke Elliott's, the Amari Coopers, you know, even though they got CD lamb now, he's going to be a bust, but no. Um, And like, you know, the O-line the o has gotten older. You've had guys retire early. Like, it's not the same team that you had two years ago, three years ago when it was his rookie – three or four. Who even knows how long he's been in the league now? Yeah. You know, since his rookie say, season. Let's, let's, say, let's say 
four now. Let's say yeah. three to be safe. Yeah. Um, not to put age on him. Um, you look at his. You look at. You brought up his supporting cast before. Um, give me Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. Give me those two guys and that offensive line. And yeah. telling me you can't make it to an to an NFC championship. Give Carson um, Wentz. And I know that. I'm biased. Yeah. Yes, give Carson Wentz that. Actually, that's a better example than saying Daniel Jones because I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen with him. Nah. Um, give give Carson Wentz that supporting cast. Carson Wentz um, had uh, deep like no receivers. Yeah, like dude. Yeah, like, like watch all or nothing with him. Yeah. And that team who he had, he had nobody. He had a rookie running back, Miles Sanders, who I think could be pretty good. Um, and it just it may it, it it baffles me. It baffles me. I also think I also think Dak Prescott thinks he's more worth than he really is right now. You are not putting up. He's not putting up the same numbers, and he is not winning as many games as a Patty Mahomes. As that's unfair. And Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. Or, or and Aaron Rodgers. Let's say let's pick a different let's pick a different candidate then. And Aaron Rodgers. You know, and Aaron Rodgers is looking to get out of Green Bay too. I'm not a fan of him, whatever. His brother was on The Bachelor. Um <laughs> he didn't he he didn't warrant any of any of this money for his for his actions on the field. Um like yeah, like what you you beat you beat a a not so good Seahawks team, okay? You lost you lost with and then, and then they lost to the Rams. It makes yeah. I, I'm I'm confused. My I'm thing confused is that his his motives. My thing is this past season you had the opportunity with all your guys healthy, all of your guys healthy to win the division, and a nine and seven Eagles team that was absolutely beaten up. Absolutely, just dominated the cowgirls in the in week sixteen to beat them. And nobody in the division. Yeah, and nobody in the division to be able. The Eagles overpassed them when they still had Zeke. They had you know Amari. They had Gallup. They got all your guys. Colby. I know he's on the Buffalo Bills now, but yeah, he's he's a Bills man. Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to like. He still had all of his guys to be able to do that, and he's got what one playoff win, like dude. You haven't gotten like you aren't dominant. The Dallas Cowboys have not been dominant since you've been there. And why do you demand the dominant style QB money that you're asking? You know, like why don't you take that money? I, yeah, I know. I totally agree. And to, and there's one thought keeps coming across my head is I could find another Dak Prescott. Oh, I could find another guy that plays exactly like you, maybe even looks like you, and, and he could wear number four too. Well, hey, maybe um, maybe the Cowboys did it. They got yeah, the red hey. rifle there now. You think he? What do you think? Do you think he is? What percentage do you think Andy Dalton is of Dak Prescott in the Cowboys offense? Like like a percentage of like. Of like what he could do, of, yeah, yeah. Of what Dak could do, what percentage of Andy Dalton could do that Dak can do for you? So like, for me, I think Andy could do. It like, changes up. Yeah, it changes up. You and and like I said this style, and I'm gonna use Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley because I'm a I'm I'm a Giants nerd. Um, like I said this, I said going in, like right now during this offseason after the draft and watching the Giants draft offensive linemen, I'm like. 
I'm like, listen, if we have to Earl Campbell, you know, Saquon Barkley, then we will then fine, let it happen. If we win games, whatever. If we run them to to the ground to win football games, I don't care if he gets the ball 30 times. If you put Andy Dalton into the Cowboys, 30 carries for Ezekiel Elliott. 20, high 20s to be realistic. Yeah. But you're going it become you run the football more and it, the offense just cha- changes a little bit. Because the Cowboys are such a play action offense still. Like I know they run a little bit of read option with Dak. It gives them that, you know, that little bit of like difference and edge, but it's not exponentially different. It's not like you're the Baltimore Ravens where it's all read option. It it you change a little bit. Yeah. And to be honest, I think I think you could I think you can win games with Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton got a bad rep. I, I agree because you saw Andy in the very beginning of his career where he had those guys with AJ Green, you know, and uh, like he had weapons around him where he could succeed. You know, it took um a Vontez Perfect illegal hit to take them out of the playoffs and just totally Spiral. And Marvin Lewis. <laughs> yeah, and Marvin Lewis. But, you know, like, it, it's just the differences where I think uh, situations for quarterbacks to be able to succeed. You saw Nick Foles here in Philadelphia, and then he goes to St. Louis, and he thinks about retiring, you know, and then he comes back, and he wins you a Super Bowl, and he's the absolute – he's a GOAT now forever in Philadelphia. I think it's all circumstance and the weapons and the situation that you have for your quarterback to be able to succeed, you know? Yeah. Coaching matters. Coaching totally matters. Yeah. But um, do, do I... I think that could be better with McCarthy? Yeah. I think McCarthy's actually a good coach. You also got a bad rap in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers didn't like him. You know? I, I, I and, think it's the other way and around. You know what I, or I, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's totally yeah. a little bit both. I think, I think they saw they had a lot more money sunk into Rogers than McCarthy. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no, that bye. is definitely true. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. All right. But well, it's, as we're it's... wrapping up here, uncle lefty, I want to get your take here. When you think we're getting sports back and what sport do you think is going to come back first? You think NBA, there's been a lot of talk, you know, NBA, you had the masterminds of LeBron, you know, Dame, uh, all those, you know, the big guys, AD, in the NBA meeting up on zoom talking about the strategies they want to do with Adam silver to get the NBA back and going before maybe July. And then MLB has kind of come to a standstill now because of the money with the owners where they were trying to get back the July 4th weekend. And then supposedly NHL is on a real hot streak here coming in to, you know, try to get the seasons back up and going. When do you think the uncle lefty prediction of when sports is coming back. Oh, you're, you're putting a lot of stock in my, in oh, my yeah. opinion with this. Point. Oh, yeah. I'm coming um, back at you if you're wrong. Like, come on. No. Yeah, no. It, no, it's fine. I expect you to. Um, with, I, and, like, I, my first thought goes to the winter sports, goes to hockey and basketball. Um, they're, I don't want to say they're sunk. It's just in such a, such a harder position than baseball. Like, yeah, I know the owners are fighting about money and how they're going to do a lot of different things. A lot of that can get sorted out in the next couple of weeks, believe it or not. No, um, and also they, ha- they also have a couple more months of technically baseball season. Um, thinking about basketball 
and hockey. Hockey, I I have no idea how they're going to do any of this. Um, basketball, you know, I love how LeBron's trying to like lead this committee, like like the chancellor of basketball. Yeah, he's still playing. But basketball, like, what are they going to jump right into the playoffs? It, well, it see, that's no the sense. thing they've been talking about for basketball. They're all going to go down to Orlando, Florida, in Disney World, in the area where they have a poop ton of complexes for basketball courts and gymnasiums down there. And everybody's going to move into the hotels down there and just everybody's going to quarantine, play, I think it said 20 games or so, like finish the rest of the season and then uh, go right into the playoffs. And then the NHL is kind of the same deal where they're going to quarantine together and have like a site up in Canada and Arizona, I believe is the last thing I saw. So those yeah, two I know everybody's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out about testing. How are we going to test these guys? Um, and there's more tests than we – there's actually tests out there that they can do. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to, to the big wigs and how they want to get this done. Um, I think the smarter thing to do right now and – and, and, yes, you could say it's a little unfair. Uh, for basketball and hockey, let's go right into the playoffs. I say we go right in the playoffs. Listen, I understand that they don't want to have fans. Whatever they want to do, fine. Um, go right into the playoffs, and because I don't, there, I refuse to think there's a there is a need to not finish a season for something like this. Um, now, baseball has a better chance of like having a season, having kind of a, a different season than we're used to, but having a season and playing games throughout the summer and then going into the playoffs like around the same same time not the same amount of games but still having their season and getting the games in having them have a spring training and getting back at it and we'll see what we'll see what happens with them i mean i i i need the mets back that's all i need i need the mets back right now this yeah. is baseball season that this is what i this is this is like west coast mets time for me right now Charlie. yeah no, no, I totally – I'm 100% with you. I need the Phillies. I need the Flyers back. The Flyers had a chance to make a run for the Cup this year. You know, like, Yeah, no, they were good. Uh, like, they were on a hot streak. They had the most points, like, in the, uh, the last month of the, se- like, of the regular season that happened. You know, they had the most points in that month. Like, they were, they were on a roll. Carter Hart was rolling. Now, the thing – the team that I think benefits the most out of this is the Philadelphia 76ers because they had no yeah. idea what the fuck was going on. Ben Simmons' back was hurt. Joel Embiid is kind of going through the motions. Like, he only shows up when it matters, honestly. And then the rest of the team, Brett Brown didn't know how to coach Al Horford and Embiid on the court at the same time. So I hope this time off kind of gives them the idea of, all right, what can we do better? If it does come back, which I think it's going to in July. I really imagine think. that Zoom meeting with the 76ers yeah. and Beast like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to play basketball. Like the biggest thing is him coming back in shape because every time he gets hurt, he doesn't come back in shape and it takes like 10 games for him to be ready again, you know, to be that absolute dominant self because he runs the Sixers. Like everything. In, in a weird way, on. he does everything falls on him because Ben Simmons is all transition talent, but he just doesn't shoot. And I don't, that's, it's a whole nother thing for me to get into. Yeah. 
I need a couple more Yeglings. learned how to shoot, he's a, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I need Yeglings. Yeah. Like, to figure out Ben Simmons' shot. Yeah. But, I, hey, if he, if he can shoot, he's a top 10 player. All righty, Uncle Lefty. It's been a lot of fun here. I enjoyed your time and enjoyed talking with you again. It's been a lot of fun. Everybody go check out his podcast, The Lefty Line. What, you've been posting every Monday, right? Yeah, we're on every Monday. You know, I'm talking about ridiculousness, of course. Everything ridiculous. I was reviewing Sam Hunt's album. I reviewed Too Hot to Handle. I've been watching dating shows without sports. I've been losing I've been losing my mind with all of this. And just check us out on Mondays and that's and that's that's the deal, man. Yep. Alrighty then. Thank you everybody again. Shout out to my boy White Rice for the fire intro song. I really appreciate him. Thank you, Uncle Lefty, again. This is another episode of the BSP Podcast. This is Brendan Petrilli. Thank you, everybody. Love you, and good night.